Welcome to The Shredder Show, and today we're going to talk you through the 10 commandments of permanent fat loss. So not just losing fat for a short period of time, for six weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks, but for life. And on that note, that's something we teach on the Shred Nate program, which is the world's number one transformation program in just eight weeks. And we've just launched the Santa Shred and Nate Challenge. So if you'd like to get involved, you'd like to get rid of that Santa belly by Christmas, then hit the link below the podcast to get started. It's only £47 per month. Or head over to www.shredandate.com. So now we're going to get into the podcast and the 10 commandments of permanent fat loss. So one of the most frustrating things I see as a fitness coach is that people go on these crazy like a booty diets. They do all these gimmicky crap that you see that your latest uh, Zed list celebrity on social media promote uh, fat loss injections, all this rubbish. And the reality is that people, yes, sometimes these people will, well, obviously if you're going to doing a tea diet or eating thousand calories a day, yeah, cool. You're, you're obviously going to lose weight. Uh, but the reality is you're not going to keep that, keep that weight off. So today what I'm going to do is talk you through the 10 commandments to actually make sure you're permanently losing weight. So point number one, thou shall focus on behavior, not the scale. So the most important thing for you creating lifelong like fat loss and having a lean athletic body that you want is having the right habits on a daily basis. So the process of coaching in terms of me getting clients results, what we go through is creating the right infrastructure, the right support systems, so that you basically over the period of the program will create the right daily habits to then have a lean athletic physique. Because essentially we all are a accumulation of our habits over a period of time that's what we become rather than just the short here and now so that's one of the things that i see that is a big big mistake people look for progression instantly on the scales so they look at the scales and they see the scales aren't losing weight aren't moving and they think they need to do something more drastic and the reality is you need to look for progress where progress is so if for example there's a lot of different ways we can measure progress so for example have you have you are you sticking to your training are you consistently trying to eat better are you consciously aware of what you're doing a lot more? These are all huge wins that are just psychological. Now, what we're going to talk about in terms of some other wins here that are very important that I monitor with clients in terms of progression is obviously visually how you look. So this is why it's very important to take uh, progress photos. And I know it's incredibly cringe when you first do this. I'm taking a photo of myself. It's shit. No one likes doing it. But trust me, when you lose 15 kilos, 20 kilos, 30 kilos of body fat, and you look back to where you start, that will be the greatest photo you've ever taken because it gives you a reference point. And also throughout the journey, you're going to have ups and downs. You'll find that there's going to be times where you're struggling for um, basically for feeling like you're actually making progress. And when you look back to that starting point and you see how far you've come, that's incredibly powerful to keep you on the journey, to keep you progressing, to keeping the fat loss off permanently. So one big thing is having progress photos and taking those every single week. Second thing I would look at would be looking at your performance in terms of your training in the gym, your overall fitness levels. Are you getting stronger? Are you fitter than you were before? Do you feel more energetic? Like, how do you genuinely feel? Do you feel like a more positive, outgoing person? There's a lot of things we can look at here rather than just the scale. Um, so don't get like marred with just like focusing purely on scale weight. And that's why I get frustrated with things like Weight Watchers. Like the title says it all, like all they're focusing on is just trying to get like looking at scale. The reality is, we can actually, we don't actually want to get rid of scale weight, really. Obviously, for some people, we do. What we want to be doing is get rid of body fat and fat loss. So we want to be actually looking to add lean muscle mass and remove body fat at the same time. And that's point number one of the commandments of permanent fat loss is focusing on behavior, not just the scale and taking progress where it is. Point number two, thou shall optimize insulin levels. 
And there's a couple of different ways we do that. So insulin levels are basically, insulin is a hormone that is um, secreted by a pancreas when you digest carbohydrates, when you ingest carbohydrates. So there's a few ways we want to try and optimize this. And insulin is basically like a storage hormone. So uh, insulin has a huge amount of control in terms of fat storage. And we want to make ourselves as sensitive to insulin as possible so that our body's actually responsive and then utilizes carbohydrates correctly. So there's a couple of very simple things that I'd suggest here. So one of those would be walking every day. So get out there, get moving, do some steps, do your cardio as well. If you have cardio within your training program, but walking and being outdoors is awesome. And walking is one of the best ways with low intensity to improve insulin levels. Secondly is fasting. So uh, say for example, with some of my clients, we do use some intermittent fasting. Uh, we use it in certain periods. One thing that I'm a fan of, I use personally, for example, my rest days where I don't work out with weights is I will have not necessarily a big fast, but I will, for example, the evening before will have my last meal at say seven o'clock. And then I might not eat my breakfast until 10, 11 o'clock the next day, my first meal. So that's giving me like a fasted window where my stomach's not necessarily digesting any food during that period. And that's giving me like a longer window to try and improve and resensitize my body's insulin. Another last tip for this is uh, don't eat after dinner. So this is one of the big mistakes I see people make is why they gain weight. I talk about this a lot is the, the danger zone in terms of the danger hour of where people screw up their, their diet. They, like, they win the entire day. They had the last meal, I don't know, say seven o'clock. And then they start raiding the cupboard between seven and nine. So don't eat after dinner because, again, obviously, this is going to extend your fasting period, um, which is going to help with insulin sensitivity. And then the last one I'm going to add in here is a caveat, which I'm a big fan of, which I've done this morning. Uh, it's an hour on the cross training, so that's fasted cardio. So fasted cardio is one of the best ways you can actually burn body fat and optimize insulin levels. So those are a few points in terms of optimizing insulin levels. That is point number two. So point number three is uh, thou shalt optimize hormones. So this is obviously going to be very specific. And in terms of optimizing your hormones, you're not going to know in terms of where you're at with that unless you have your blood profile test, uh, blood work done and have your hormone profile tested. So this is more important for respectfully slightly older individuals. So if you're a guy who's going 30 plus, um, you want to be looking at, say, your testosterone levels primarily. Uh, estrogen levels are also worth checking. And there's a few different ways that you can optimize testosterone for a man. So one of the big things is optimizing sleep to make sure you're getting enough sleep keeping hydrated uh, i've just done a youtube video on seven best foods for increasing uh, testosterone naturally but that will actually include foods such as uh wild fish uh, so you've got like salmon mackerel and um, tuna things like that, that are very high in vitamin d because vitamin d has been shown to increase testosterone production naturally by up to 90 percent so that's highly effective things like red meat all work very well to naturally increase testosterone levels as as a random one as well, also something uh, is honey because it actually has uh, something called boron in it, which increases testosterone levels. So those are some tips, very simply in terms of the nutritional side of things. Obviously, optimizing your sleep, which is a whole other subject we can get into very de- in depth. And then lastly, also is managing stress levels, trying to keep stress down has a big impact in terms of uh, testosterone for men. When it comes to women, uh, obviously, when you're going through the menopause, that has a lot of effects with your hormonal profile. And that's why I suggest for women, if you're in a stage where potentially you're, you're struggling to lose weight, I'd have your hormone profile looked at just to see where you're at with everything, because there's a lot that can be done to try and optimize that for you. So point number three, optimize your hormones. Point number four, thou shall sleep. We obviously uh, pointed to that previously on the previous point, but Sleep is incredibly important for our body in terms of health, fat loss, muscle building, recovery, general well-being. Like sleep, when we sleep, thousands of metabolic processes are happening constantly. So one of the things that I'd suggest firstly 
is have some sort of device to track your sleep. So I personally use something called an aura ring. Now this will track the different stages of sleep that I go through, how much sleep I'm getting, my sleep efficiency, my resting heart rate, like all these things are very, very important. And in terms of optimizing your sleep, there's a couple of things that I've implemented over the last two years that have literally been a game changer. So I'm going to give you some little snippets here. So one of those, if you're a bigger guy and you have, for example, you've got, you don't breathe very well through your nose and you, you wake up in the morning, you've got a dry mouth, then I would suggest using nasal strips. This is one of the best ways to improve your blood pressure, but also improve the quality of your sleep. If you wake in the morning, for example, and you feel like you've got no energy, you don't feel recovered and you've got a dry mouth, the chances are you've been sleeping with your mouth open, breathing through your mouth and you've not been actually like your body doesn't go into the rest, rest and uh, relax sort of state, which it needs to when it's sleeping. So that'd be the first thing I'd look at. There's also some supplements I'd recommend that can help a lot with sleep. The number one uh, would be the sleep stack from supplement needs. If you use code CJ, it gives you 5% off. But that has things like uh, magnesium, L-theanine, uh, all these different ingredients, 5-HTP, all these ingredients that help to get you into a deeper, more better quality sleep that are very, very important for improving, um, improving recovery, improving the quality of sleep. And the last point I'm going to is I'm very, very light sensitive. So my wife thinks I'm a freak. Um, but I use like an eye mask called a, a mantra face mask, I think it's called. And um, that has made like a world of difference to the quality of my sleep. So as soon as I have any light in the room, I can't sleep. So for me, that's very, very helpful. And particularly if you travel a lot and you're trying to sleep on planes, the mantra face mask is an absolute game changer. So point number four is optimize your sleep. Number five, thou shall walk. So this is on top of your cardio. So like if you're doing cardio in the gym, you need to be doing walking daily and getting steps. This is incredibly important in terms of like left and right brain firing because that unilateral movement is very good in terms of stimulating the brain and also in terms of increasing your overall uh, calorie expenditure via what's called NEAT, which is a non-exercise activity thermogenesis, which basically means we're burning more calories through the day in basic terms. So um, walking is very, very important. Like one thing we'll talk about is like hit hit cardio, like high intensity interval training is awesome for boosting your metabolism and very, very good for burning fat. But this also has a big impact in terms of recovery. So one of the things I would suggest is, yes, you can do some HIIT training within your uh, training. That's awesome. But I'd also make sure you're doing some walking for cardio or walking just for general health purposes because it's phenomenally good um, for you for overall health. And HIIT can often lead to burnout and your nervous system becoming fatigued. Point number six, thou shalt not starve yourself. Like losing weight is not losing fat. So what we're looking to do is remove body fat. We do not want to starve weight off. Because what happens, you start a diet, for example, you're doing a thousand calories a day, you're going, oh, I'm going to lose as much weight as I can. Awesome. So what happens? Three days in, you probably cave because you feel like crap and the the rich tea biscuits are calling you in. Or say you've got strong mental fortitude, you're you're a warrior, you can keep going. So you do it for two weeks, you lose, I mean, say five kilos, for example. But then in two weeks time, your body's going to adapt to this, your metabolism will have downregulated. And then what do you do? Do you go to 800 calories? Like mic drop, you can't. And you, you, you can add some cardio in, but you don't want to keep taking cardio up to a certain point. Like this is where your body will essentially go into metabolism mode, uh, sorry, metabolism mode, survival mode, and it will try and hold on to every ounce of body fat possible. Why? Because your body doesn't know the difference between you starving itself and you being stuck in the desert with no food. So it thinks that it needs to try and preserve as much energy in terms of fat storage as possible, which is obviously not what we're trying to achieve here. So this is really, really important in terms of 
being aware that we actually want to start a diet eating as much food as possible. Like when clients initially come to us, we actually end up like giving them a lot more food than they expect and they lose weight really, really quickly. And we often see that when like there's a client of mine, Brian in Ireland, who's been absolutely killing it. He's lost like nearly 20 kilos this year. We're having to increase his food, the leaner he gets because his body becomes more than efficient at metabolizing it, which is literally living the dream and what we want. So very, very important to make sure you don't starve yourself. Don't go on a thousand calorie day of diets. Super, super dumb. Please, please, please promise me you don't do that. Number seven, thou shall relax. Now, this is easier said than done. In particular, if you're someone like me, you've got a bit type A personality, you want to go and do a million different things and, and run at a million miles an hour, like relaxing isn't necessarily the easiest thing to do. However, when we get stressed, our body releases a hormone called cortisol. Now, cortisol in itself is catabolic, which means it's the opposite of anabolic. So anabolic is building muscle tissue. Catabolic is eroding muscle tissue and eroding joints. So we obviously want to stay out of a catabolic point of view because it's going to be bad from our body composition. And what often happens as well, cortisol increases the amount of fat storage we have as well. So cortisol, when we're in a dieting phase, this actually links into the previous point about going super low calories and when people think carbs are the, the devil reincarnated. So when we're in a dieting phase, our cortisol will naturally start to come up because our body starts to get stressed because it's like I haven't got enough like, calories coming in, so the stress levels start to increase. So what we, one of the best levers we can actually pull on to actually mitigate cortisol and what actually reduces cortisol is carbohydrates. So this is why having carbohydrates tactically and efficiently in your diet at the correct times will help with reducing cortisol. So if you ever notice you have a big carbohydrate meal, um, when you, if you have a big carbohydrate meal, you then feel sleepy, you feel relaxed. This is an example of how um, carbohydrates interact with cortisol and reduce your cortisol levels. So that is something we really want to be aware of, is trying to keep ourselves relaxed, uh, making sure we have got some carbohydrates within our diet. Also, in terms of relaxing, like a lot of this can be psychological. So a lot of it can be becoming like some easy tips to help stress would be keeping yourself more structured, writing things down. Um, if you like if guided breathing and things like that, the app Headspace is awesome. So trying to keep yourself relaxed, calm. Like one of the things I like to think about is like, will this problem or thing I'm getting stressed about matter in five months? Uh, sorry, in five days, five months, five years. In reality, if it doesn't matter in five years, then why are you getting stressed about it? So um, I would just try and relax, chill out, and then do your best in that aspect. Point number eight, thou shalt drink water. So people often massively underestimate the amount of water they need to drink. In particular, if you have just started training, you're going to need to increase the amount of water you uh, intake. You also have to think about things from a very basic point of view. If, okay, if our primary goal is fat loss, how does our body actually excrete body fat? Like, how does that come out of the body? Like, we, we, it doesn't just vanish. So the reality of how like 90% of your body fat disappears, and we actually we piss it out or it comes out when we go for a number two and we go to the toilet, we, that's how we excrete body fat. So drinking more water is going to help with that. Drinking more water is also going to help with your mood. It's going to minimize joint pain because joints will be well hydrated. Your skin will also be better. And also your brain function will be better as will your gym performance. So one of the other things I, I mentioned before, which is very, very helpful if you struggle with when you start to go into diet, almost like brain fog, is adding in extra electrolytes. So that's something that could be highly effective to your um, program and you getting results and also being optimal human being in terms of the way you feel, the way you look, and the way you think. Because electrolytes, if you're slightly deficient in any minerals because you've been sweating or training a lot, then that, that will have a big impact on the way you cognitively think. So number eight, that's your drink water. 
how much water obviously completely depends bare minimum for everyone i would suggest is four liters i probably personally drink around six to eight liters a day and i weigh 94.7 kilos on the scales this morning so um i'd say for most guys you're probably looking five to six liters for, for women three to four as a minimum i'd suggest is probably a good guidance and you can include in things like that liquid from like protein shakes coffee stuff like that so it, it does accumulate pretty easily over the day so number eight thou shall drink water number nine thou shall do resistance training now like this is where a lot of people go wrong and it's not that people don't want to do resistance training they don't want to do weight training it's that they necessarily don't know how they don't know what to do. They don't know when to do. They don't know how frequently to do. And this is obviously what we teach within Shred Nate program, the Santa Shred Nate challenge, and also like the one-to-one coaching I do. So the reason we want to do resistance training is we want to build up uh, type 2 muscle fibers, which will help get our body firing like a race car, improve our metabolism, increase our lean body mass, make us look leaner and more athletic. Like doing cardio will build type 1 muscle fibers, which is like what marathon runners look like. So that's not necessarily going to help us to burn body fat or have like a lean athletic looking physique. If you look like a lot of marathon runners, sometimes their body fat levels are actually like slightly higher. They're quite soft looking. When you look at sprinters as an example, they have a lot of type two muscle fibers. They tend to be a lot leaner and that's the reason why. So in terms of like muscle building rep ranges for type two muscle fibers, generally if you're looking from anything from six to 12 reps, it's probably optimal uh, to maximally build those and what we want to be doing with those reps is taking those to, to, to failure we want to be trying to get stronger and improve the connection with that so you need to be doing resistance training how frequently how much when is obviously completely specific to you and if you want any help with that drop me a message but i'd recommend for as a bare minimum twice a week three times a week would be awesome maximum five times a week no one who, who's listening to this should be training with weights every day if you are you seriously need to reevaluate what you're doing because like what you're doing you won't be training hard enough or you won't be training correctly and that i can promise you so point number nine thou shall do resistance training point number 10 you need to be patient with yourself so thou shall be patient with ourselves so this is where most people go wrong they start a training program they start a diet and they expect tomorrow i'm gonna lost a kilo like i'm gonna see progress daily the reality is that's not how anything works in life like your business growing your uh, fat loss progress like nothing is linear that you lose like 0.1 kilos a day for example it'll go in spits and starts the most important thing you want to focus on is the mentality of executing the training and nutrition program you have now to the best of your abilities and then review that in two weeks time four weeks time don't look at things on a day-by-day basis the one thing you want to focus on a daily day-by-day basis is as we said at the very start of this podcast creating the right habits on a daily basis executing those consistently and those right habits will lead you to becoming the person you want to be and building the body you want to be. So be patient with yourself, focus on creating the right habits and look at the, the, um, the macro, not the micro. So don't look at the minute progress in terms of daily, look at the progress on the biweekly, the monthly, even weekly, and don't get discouraged by looking at other people who progress faster than you. You can only control what you can control. So focus on you and do your best on your own fat loss journey. So these are my 10 commandments of permanent fat loss. Hope you guys found this helpful, insightful, and help you get the best results for the rest of 2020. As of today, I'm recording this the 72 days less of the year, so you now have the opportunity to maximize the most of what's been a fairly challenging year. If you want to get involved in the Santa Shred Mate Challenge, it's the world's number one eight-week transformation challenge to get you in best shape now for Christmas to lose a Santa belly. Hit the link below or visit www.shredmate.com. Or if you want to work with me personally, just drop me a DM on Instagram at Charlie Johnson Fitness. 
If you found this podcast helpful, please, please, please smash the subscribe button and share this with a friend. And we'll catch up with you in the next episode of The Shredder Show.